The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely those of the host and guest. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Memorial Healthcare System or Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. My name is Jason Grant Enriquez, and I'm here with my co-host, Dr. Latanya Benjamin. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. My name is Dr. Latanya Benjamin. I'm a pediatric dermatologist here at Joe DiMaggio's Children's Hospital. I'm the medical director for the Department of Dermatology, and later in the show, Jason and I will be talking about how to prevent eczema flare-ups in your children during the summer months. In the summer months? Yeah. Oh, is it only the summer months, or are we talking about year-round? Uh, well, there's two peak times, I find. Some kids tend to flare more in the winter when it's dry, and others in the summer. And so summer's fast approaching, so I think this is a great time to offer advice to some of our parents. Excellent. Before we move on, here's a word from our sponsor. The Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital team has every medical specialty a parent could want and the expertise every child needs. So when it matters most, trust the experts in pediatrics at Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. You are listening to Healthy Parenting, pitched by Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. To learn more about our hospital, visit jdch.com. Welcome back. Before we get back to Dr. Benjamin and today's topic, let's bring in one of our producers, Bahadi with what's making news in the parenting world. How are you both doing today? Fantastic. Great. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. So first I want to ask you both the question, are either of you vegans or vegetarians? I would love to if I could do it, but I can't, to be honest. No, I it's, love my meat. I'm okay. sorry. It's okay. interesting, Fair. but again, I, I, I'm a carnivore. I love it. <laughs> so just recently in Italy, parents who feed their kids a vegan diet may risk up to four years in jail. If what? a new law passes, I know. It's Is that right? Crazy. Yeah, it's just very true. Wow. So uh, apparently the law would hold parents legally responsible for feeding their kids a diet that some say – um, is devoid in basically essential nutrients. So if you think about if you just feed a growing child fruits and vegetables, technically they're not getting all of their nutrients, their macronutrients, as well as micronutrients. So that's the the sticking point. It's they want to make sure that parents are feeding their kids a well-balanced meal. I'm actually rather surprised that instead of setting guidelines or maybe saying before you put your child on such a diet, seek out a nutritionist or at least your pediatric doctor, but jail time? I know. It's pretty Dr. Benjamin. Well, you'd be surprised. I have um, diagnosed and unfortunately had to hospitalize children because of this very issue. So there are certain conditions um, that we typically attribute to underdeveloped countries, and we don't usually see this in the United States. Right. But there have been cases, and I know this personally, um, of children suffering. And they, as a dermatologist, I see the skin manifestations, mm-hmm. uh, the hair color change. I mean, they can really get sick to the point that they can't even produce pigment in their hair, mm. their um, their skin changes. They okay. get really flaky, what they call flaky paint dermatitis, if they're missing a lot of proteins, like Quashicor syndrome. And so oftentimes it's misdiagnosed in the U.S. This child was um, potentially delayed because they were considering other things, like cystic fibrosis mm-hmm. or other more commonly diagnosed conditions in the U.S. where you have malabsorption for various reasons. But it does happen rarely, but we do see that. Mm. I remember reading a story a few years ago about parents who had just fed their kids watermelon. Wow. That's it. Well, that's, that's it. That's definitely not vegan. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, but it's it, it goes back to... That's pretty extreme. It's very extreme. It's right. very extreme. So I can see, though, that diagnosing 
kids, when they see their dermatologist, you wouldn't even think or right. consider that it may be malnutrition. Correct. Well, the skin is a reflection of the health um, our hair and our nails. And so there's often um, some pearls or clinical tip-offs so we can make that diagnosis. Um, again, extremely rare, but it's really great when you can um, reverse this. Mm -hmm. You know, simple, giving the kids some um, proper nutrition in the hospital quickly turns them around. Mm, good. Um, and so it's a really, really important topic I'm glad you're mentioning. And interesting, one of the cases that I was peripheral, uh, the mother was sharing a uh, rice dream milk mm. and so the name milk made her feel that she was giving a true milk right formula and everything right and it was a uh, mislabeling and so the, the child got into trouble mm. Mm. dr benjamin i have a question would you sure. say that a vegan or vegetarian lifestyle isn't recommended then for for growing bodies maybe maybe not I think that um, any young child should be under the care of a pediatrician, and they should monitor the weight, make sure the child's not failing to thrive. Um, I do think that there's definitely um, some wonderful health benefits for adults to be um, focused more on vegetarian and a healthy diet without um, animal products per se. But you're right. In a growing child, um, a special attention, that's a vulnerable population that mm -hmm. requires a lot of micro macronutrients and minerals and a combination of uh, sorts. So mm -hmm. you want to make sure that your pediatrician ensures that the child is growing well and meeting their needs and milestones. Very interesting. Very interesting. I know that some kids even choose to become vegetarian or vegans. Like, they'll just tell their parents, right. like, I'm not eating meat anymore. <laughs> That's what? exactly right. About? We're That's having exactly. chicken. Exactly. <laughs> tomorrow, I love the, tomorrow's T-bone steak. I love these conversations in the, the office. Trust me. <laughs> and so how would you respond to that? Like, obviously, you're the parent. You want to make sure your child is um, nutritionally getting a nutritionally balanced meal. How do you balance that child coming of age? They're becoming more consciously aware of health, um, but you also want to make sure that they're eating right. Right, and that's the difficulty of any parenting decision, yeah, of right? Course, of course, of mm course. -hmm. Like Jason mentioned, I do believe that um, the first thing you want to respect your child and their beliefs and them coming into their own mind and their belief system. And as Jason was saying, just kind of oversee this process and um, steer them into the right avenue like mm -hmm. a nutritionist or someone that maybe has a little bit more of a background and a scientific degree mm -hmm. that can ensure that they're doing this safely good agreed. advice agreed good advice so that is a good segue into our next topic of the day and it technically doesn't and does have to do with nutrition so i don't know if you both heard recently kelly clarkson introduced her two-year-old daughter to the joys of Nutella. I know you both know about <laughs> Nutella. Mm. Mm, of course. Exactly. Very Put that on delicious. the crepe, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, it could be, it's, it's, it's a UK thing. It's not really popular in America. Right, right. Um, but it's very delicious. So she posted this video of her baby girl eating um, a Nutella uh, with toast. It went viral, but not for the right reasons. It went viral because people started to shame her. What? And this is this new trending thing where parents, a lot of moms, but parents are getting shamed on social media for posting photos of their kids doing what some would consider not correct behavior. Mm. And all I can say is just that is welcome to the parenting modern error. Yes. That anything yeah. you post is up for scrutiny. It's up for, for judgment, even if it was uh, for the most 
benign reasons. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And who's judging? Who gets to say who's right and who's wrong? Exactly. Right? There's so what strangers. were they saying? They were saying that because Nutella is obviously high in fat and high in sugar, how dare you feed oh your God. child Absolutely. this fattening dessert? And she was like, what? It's my baby. It's We don't do this every day. But it's just, it's like you eating a Hershey's Kiss. I mean, it's so innocent. Right. You know, you just want to introduce your kids to certain things, but it's not every day. It's making memories. It's mm-hmm. just, you know, having a good time. Did mm-hmm. I get this right? Someone said that it was on the order of child abuse? Yes. Oh. That's crazy. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Even pictures of uh, another article I read, a picture, a very innocent picture of a dad bathing his little baby. And obviously he was naked. The baby was naked. Posted the picture. Firestorm. You're not allowed to bathe, bathe your child. Apparently not, oh according my. to some people. So no bathing our child. Um, <laughs> no Nutella. No toys in this world. I Interesting. know. Interesting. Yeah. But what happened? Well, see, if you didn't give him Nutella, the child wouldn't need the bath. It right. would get all messy, right? So. Oh, it's a domino effect, of course. <laughs> it is a domino effect. I mean, unfortunately, effect. this is, seems to be this, the, the, you know... Social media and the internet, it's fantastic. It's a great re- reservoir of information, but it also it gives you a platform for just just to be mean, mean-spirited, to just bring somebody down. And I, I, it, it's unfortunate. It but is. to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. so some of the comments, they were stressing that palm oil, palm oil was a carcinogen. So yes. obviously, if we do have some form of information and we feel strongly like this n- should not be given to your child, I can understand the advocacy part of that. Mm-hmm. However, you want to make sure the information is correct. So reportedly, it depends on the refinement process and how high they heat the oil, mm-hmm. whether it's a carcinogen or not. And right. so what I read was if it's over 200 degrees in processing, then it becomes dangerous. But okay. under that, which you know, this manufacturer claims that they don't process it those high temperatures, mm-hmm. it, it is safe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's been no documented studies that a one single agent, Nutella, is cancer causing. And so, you know, there are two sides to the coin, of course. If I knew anything that, you know, I saw someone harming their child inadvertently, mm-hmm. I would comment and inform them. But again, the the accusations and going as far as child abuse and I really don't feel that Kelly Clarkson decided to abuse her child and post it that right. morning, I, right? I, I don't no. think so. Definitely I don't not. think that's, no. And clearly the child did not look too unhappy no. with oh, that no. treat. For the picture, yes. <laughs> it was an innocent, sweet treat. And exactly. That's how I would look if you I, gave exactly. me a little dollar right now. Okay? I would look at a picture and say, oh, not how dare you. Right, right. So it's just a word to the wise, to parents who are listening. Just be mindful. I mean, we are living in a new era. And so photos that we do post or videos that we do post of very innocent things that we do with our kids or our grandkids are being scrutinized. And we should definitely kind of step back and say, should we be posting this? Should we not be posting this? Right, right. So that is a gray area. Yeah. But then, you know, do we want to take a picture and just stare at it and, you know, <laughs> meditate every, before we hit send? <laughs> I know. You I know, know. It, it, it's, it's a new time. Exactly. It's a new day. Thank you both. Oh, thank you, Bahati. This was a great discussion. Before we get to today's guest, which is moi, here's a word from our sponsor. Patient and family-centered care. At Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital, it's the difference you notice. It's what you feel. It's how we care. And it's why we've been recognized as the world's first designated person-centered children's hospital by Plaintree. When it matters most, trust Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital. Learn more at jdch.com care.
Welcome back, and thank you once again for joining us on the Healthy Parenting Blog. Well, with summer right around the corner, several parents are wondering how to help their children with eczema stay healthy in this hot weather. Oh, we are definitely approaching. Definitely reaching the <laughs> what I call the humid season. <laughs> we have the right. dry and the humid season there. I tell parents or people that are outside of Florida, I think Florida is the only place where rain makes steam. Like, oh. instead of cooling it down, like in Seattle or somewhere, like a rain produces steam here. It's so humid. It definitely does. So um, let's talk, Jason, about um, any questions you can think of concern for a parent. Well, first, I'd like to just ask, you know, what is eczema? Now, rash is a rash to me, so <laughs> by all means, eczema. Stay away! I'm gonna, <laughs> I can't believe you just said that to a dermatologist. No, <laughs> no, you're exactly right. So, interestingly, the Greek um, translation for eczema or atopic dermatitis is out of place. So, it's a rash that they develop as a consequence to um, environmental triggers and other factors just an abnormality in the skin. And so this often starts in the infantile period. Very, very young babies succumb to eczema. So this wouldn't be, uh, or how does this differ from an allergic reaction? Or sometimes is there reaction? is, a, they're different, but sometimes it's um, overlaps. Okay. And A to P is a form of an allergy. Um, oftentimes we can't pin it down to one thing. It's environmental, it's genetic, it's multifactorial. But Eczema, what it looks like as a young infant, there's classic location. So classic eczema, you'd have red, itchy skin, usually in the creases of your arms behind your legs. Babies tend to have them in the cheeks, on the scalp. And you'll know a patient with eczema when you see them. They're, they're suffering. They're miserable. Um, they're very, very itchy. Oftentimes can't sleep, which reports show that 30% of their parents won't sleep either because they're either up all night um, trying to manage the itch for their child or actually scratching their child to keep them comfortable enough to go to sleep. So Are there any additional symptoms that, that uh, flare up uh, when eczema? Mainly itch. Okay. Um, their skin is dry, and these children are susceptible to bacterial and viral infections on top of that. So there's other symptoms that go along with these other infections. Okay. So young dad, I wake up, <laughs> child has got blotchy skin, crying, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. What do I do? Well, most uh, people call their pediatrician, but definitely when you find out that your child has atopic dermatitis or eczema, and if it's not controlled well, then you're referred to a, a pediatric dermatologist or a regular dermatologist in your community that can easily manage uh, the run-of-the-mill cases. Now, is, this a, is there like an over-the-counter topical creams you could use maybe to either prevent it or, or preventative measures? Well, by the time most families come to me, they've tried those maneuvers, right? Mm -hmm. So they've tried their um, oral antihistamines like a Benadryl, a Claritin, a Zyrtec, something. Um, but there's usually confounding things and a few other tricks to the trade that they need to all happen at once to achieve clearance of the skin. And so... There's a lot of steroid steroid phobia out there, and so no one's using more than hydrocortisone 1%, and on the body, it just won't work. It won't cut it. So they find their way to me pretty quickly. I can, I can see. If, the, if a patient or if a child, sorry, if a young child is prone to eczema, is there any preventative measures that a parent could use, you know, staying out of the sun or probably using some kind of cream? That's a great question. Regarding what we're speaking about today, First, I would say know your child's triggers. So some patients will be worse in the winter when their skin is dry and there's no humidity in the air and depend where you live in the country. And others, like a lot of the patients I see here, 
the summer months. They're very hot. They don't regulate their temperatures very well, and so they overheat quickly, and the heat drives the itch. So they're sweating, it irritates your skin, and that's just the perfect storm. So keeping dry, Keeping cool, cool well-moisturized are great tips in the summer. So now maybe, hang, I, maybe hang a fan from our necks and just blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> not for the babies, not for the babies. But I do have to say one thing that I do see on a regular basis is that the flares are prompted by a lot of swimming. Summer brings on going into the pool, having a great time. They're in the waters longer than typically recommended. And there's controversies. Usually when families come into a dermatologist's office, they're even wondering, they've heard so many different thoughts and ideas about should they bathe their child, when to bathe their child, how often, or some don't even bathe at all. And there's a lot of uh, confusion about the amount of time in the water. So No, just water in general? Are we talking about uh, chlorine in the water or, or sea salt water? Both, both. Um, so regarding bathing, just regular water, you know, there's a tipping point. So when you first enter a bath, you do get benefits from the water. So you get um, hydration to your skin, I would say, within the first three to five minutes. But once you have a prolonged shower, especially if it's hot, which teenagers love to do, or when uh, they're babies, if it's beyond that five minutes, then now you tip the scales and you start um, drying the skin. And so that translates over to the pool. I don't know any child that promises they'll go into the pool and they're out within five minutes. Yeah, and so absolutely. <laughs> and so that's where you get into the problem of excessive dryness of the skin, and then that's going to prompt your eczema to flare. Okay, well, finally, what about uh, keeping our kids' skin healthy? Any tips? In the summer, sunscreen um, and photo protection. And so the basic points that we teach on a regular basis is to avoid the peak hours, right? So if you can have an option to take a swim, maybe at four or five in the evening, the sun's still out here at least, and you can really enjoy that or first thing in the morning at 10 o'clock swim as opposed to the peak right at noon with the blazing sun. That's one wonderful way to photo protect. It's funny you mentioned the, the beach because I, I went with my kids this weekend and didn't have any sunscreen, mm. so I went to the to the local you know little gallery there, mm-hmm. and it, I saw F, SPF ten to forty five, and the circle watches me as I did this, wondering which what would you recommend for you know for children uh, SPF for sunscreen? Great, yes, I get that question every day in the office. To be honest, most of the sunscreens that are sold here in the U.S. are um, regulated and approved by the FDA. So they're pretty good sunscreens out there. I think for an average person, you want to choose the number of SPF, which means sun protection factor, between 30 and 50. You really don't need to go beyond 50 to have a very good sunscreen in your hand. And for young children? Um, same, same thing, thing same thing um, now kids with eczema or atopic dermatitis they may have like you brought up earlier some other additional allergies and so if there's concerns about being allergic to chemicals you can opt for a physical sunscreen or uh, a sunscreen without chemicals so the ones that are mineral based that has zinc oxide or titanium dioxide are a better choice and so you can um, elect to choose a different sunscreen in that way okay well that is fascinating. I didn't know there's so much uh, <laughs> care we need for our skin, especially when it comes to eczema yeah. and for our children. And one last tip when you mentioned when you were at the beach, I always love to say seek the shade, right? So if you find that you don't have sunscreen, go under a beach umbrella. Invest in that if you can't grab a sunscreen. So you're 
your kid can be normal and totally have fun and make their sandcastles, but they don't have to do it in the full blow sun. Do exactly. it under the beach umbrella. Under the shade. Yeah, you got it. You <laughs> or let's rent it. those cabanas and just have a good time. <laughs> Audiobooks for all. <laughs> that's exactly right. All right. Well, that's thank you for your time, Dr. Benjamin. My pleasure. I appreciate it. Well, we had a great show today. Thank you for joining us on Healthy Parenting. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, tell others about it, and visit Joe DiMaggio's Facebook page.